Welcome to the Essay for FAs Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and this morning's topic, the problem of determining how much income one can draw from his portfolio in retirement. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor, Nationwide. This podcast is brought to you by Nationwide. Nationwide's New Heights fixed indexed annuities now offer an optional living benefit rider with a 7% roll-up, available at additional cost. Learn more at nationwidenewheights.com. In June, we examined the topic of how much one needs to save to retire. Today, we'll take an equally quick and dirty look at how much we should look to spend. Spoiler alert, there is no good way to know this, which is one of the reasons why partnering with a financial advisor can be quite helpful, as we will see. So my main purpose here is to mainly add perspective on the question to show just how fraught this calculation is. Much ink has been spilled on retirement spending, or decumulation as the industry lingo has it, and yet there's not much consensus. Oh, there's one famous convention called the 4% rule, but simple though it sounds, its originator, William Bengen, offered plenty of caveats that make the rule less simple than it seems. A retiree would start with that withdrawal amount, then readjust based on inflation each year. But he came up with this guideline in 1994, based on 75 years of stock market history that could well look quite different than the 75 years preceding your client's retirement. So you could see it's complex. In any event, the biggest problem for advisors grappling with decumulation is that we have no known portfolio end date. Scientists are developing new ways to evaluate one's biological versus merely chronological age, but however much this science is improved, each client is a one-time experiment who may or may not deviate from the norm. In other words, the end date will always remain uncertain. In the same way that biological science has not mastered this problem, academic finance has not mastered the ability to predetermine market returns. That, too, will always remain a mystery. Moreover, advisors can't be sure what inflation rate to plug in, nor do they know the rate at which their client's spending will decelerate later in retirement, what emergency expenditures they will need and when, and so it goes. The whole thing is uncertainty multiplied by uncertainty. Also, it bears mentioning that pre-retirees vary enormously in the size of their portfolios and the duration they envision for those portfolios based on bequest intentions and the like, so we can't assume that the same percentage withdrawal rate would work for every investor. But as a starting point for calculations, 4% might be a tad high today. To spend 4%, a client would need to earn at least that amount so as not to deplete their portfolios. Endowments have historically spent 5% of their portfolios and achieved the needed excess return despite their highly conservative investments in cash, treasuries, munis, and stable dividend-paying stocks. To those scratching their heads, recall that cash used to be worth something, and therein lies the problem today. In the current age of financial repression, retirees' returns in conservative investments is very low, lower still when you factor in taxation. So what's an advisor to do? The most reasonable course of action would be to structure one's funds in a manner that reduces the risk that the clients must deprive themselves of their own savings for fear of depletion. 
That structure would include cash reserves sufficient to cover at least two years of spending while re-risking for portfolio growth over the coming decades. If the next market crisis is a doozy, meaning longer than two years, the clients would need to cut their spending in year three or draw the extra funds they want from their stock portfolio, thus shortening its longevity. Partial annuitization would bolster investors' confidence in both having a known measure of lifetime income, thereby increasing their confidence in taking risk with their stock portfolios. It could also help smooth the rate of spending year after year as opposed to an approach that makes annual spending adjustments based on market performance. There may be other structures that better suit the client, but if your approach eases anxieties and boosts confidence, you're on the right track. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please consider leaving a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others might discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich, and our podcast was sponsored by Nationwide.